Ever since I was a young fella, I've always loved the outdoors with that sense of adventure calling. That adventure has become my life's passion that I love to share. Hey there, I'm Paul Burt. Come with me and let me share the experiences I've learned over the years along with some pretty cool tips and tricks as we step outside. Step outside. Everybody. Welcome to another Step Outside podcast around this magnificent country of ours, whatever you might be doing. Thank you for your time. Yeah, it's that time of the day where you've tuned on in. And I thought we'd bring on a very special guest who's really opened my eyes up to the world of how power has evolved. Now, I remember when I was a kid having a tinny and you'd have to have the bilge pump and a bait tank pump and everything like that all in this little tiny 3.9 metre tinny with about a 15 horsepower Chrysler back in the day. And I'll tell you what, I couldn't get on the plane because of the amount of weight. But we have obviously moved into the future with lithium. I've got Steve Watman from Green Marine Lithium Online. Good morning to you, steve Thanks for your time today. Very well, Paul. How are you? I'm all right, thank you, mate. Thank you for your time today. I've got to say, uh, mate, batteries have really pushed forward into the future quite quickly. Uh, mate, how do you find it? What's your role with Green Marine Lithium? Tell me about it. How did you start it? Uh, well, I'm the uh, CEO of Green Marine Lithium, and uh, we actually started uh, in the humanitarian section uh, where we were developing uh, off-grid uh, solutions for Red Cross uh, in the refugee space in uh, Lebanon and other other countries. And uh, part of those products, uh, uh, we included lithium batteries. And someone said to me, oh, how come you're not selling batteries here in Australia? Didn't think much of it at the time. Did a little bit of research and uh, saw that uh, they were very expensive and not widely used. So we, we started uh, developing and uh, manufacturing lithium batteries here in Australia. Mate, um, I've got these batteries on, on our boat on our 7-metre surtees. And, you know... Through trials and tribulation, we got there in the end to have a perfect setup. A setup that, you know, for a 24-volt Garmin electric out the front, mate, I've got this battery. You came around, and everyone who's listening, this is how cool this stuff is, is um, Steve said to me, he goes, right, now we're going to put it into that little slot there. And I'm thinking, right, okay, normal-sized batteries, there's no way it was going to fit. But then he turned up about a week later with a briefcase-looking battery that I'm thinking are you serious and literally passed it up to me with one finger and I'm thinking wow this is and I grabbed it it was light it was like it had nothing in it but that was a 24 volt Steve that's incredible mate I mean what makes them so light what's on the inners opposed to say a lead acid battery well a lithium battery is made up of uh, lithium cells and the way we make it is we use uh prismatic cells, which is like a rectangular cell, and each cell is about 3.6 volts its maximum. They're linked together to um, make either a 12 volt, which is four of them, or uh, in that, in your case, a 24 volt, which is eight uh, uh, lithium cells. And then inside the battery also, which is different to a lead acid battery, is the uh, battery management system, and sort of commonly known as the BMS which is like a mini mini computer that manages all the power in and out of the battery and protects the battery from temperature and surges and all those things. Mate, how safe are, are lithium batteries? I mean, you know, we, we did see the thing there with the Samsung phones in the planes, not a good thing. Um, obviously, they were then banned. Uh, I mean, is lithium, is it a danger? Is it as dangerous as uh, lead acid? Are, are they dangerous? I mean, tell us about that. 
Well, look, there's a few different types of lithium, and uh, unfortunately, everything's sort of classed as lithium. Uh, if you talk about the Samsung phone, that was a chemistry called lithium ion, I-O-N. Now, that uh, product was developed because it's a high-density energy storage system, so it's nice and small and can um, hold a lot of uh, usable power. The downside of lithium ion is that um, it generates a lot of heat when it's charging and discharging, and it's a bit unstable. But it's what well, it's what every phone manufacturer uses in their mobile phone. And um, the Samsung story was a bit interesting, but uh, they're still using uh, lithium batteries in their phone now. Uh, so I think it might have been a bit of a design issue. The, the lithium that we use is called LiPo4, which is a lithium phosphate uh, battery. Now it's a bit larger. It's very stable doesn't catch on fire, uh, it, it, it's very, very, very safe. And uh, partnered with the BMS system, um, they won't catch on fire. Uh, it, it's impossible. I've seen lithium phosphate cells, they've run over them with tanks, they've shot a bullet through them, all those things, and they still work. So they're pretty robust. So the next question I was going to ask you is how long do lithium marine batteries last? I, I guess being quite robust, they'd last for quite a long time. A, a lithium battery, the way they measure it is they call it a cycle. Now, a cycle is a full uh, charge and a full discharge. However, every time uh, you charge and discharge a lead-acid battery or gel battery, they lose capacity. Lithium batteries will last three to 5,000 cycles. So that means, Paul, your battery in your boat, if you were to use it every single day and charge it and discharge it 3,000 times, that equates to roughly 10 years mm-hmm. Uh that's a lot because when you when you start thinking about that, Steve, obviously uh, with the you know the, the price difference from lead acid batteries to a lithium battery, and if you're getting upwards of say you know eight to ten years you know life cycle of this, um, it, it actually works out probably a little bit better. Plus, you've got the the benefits of a of a lighter system on the transom of your boat. Oh, absolutely. Uh, when you look at the cost of life, it, it, it really outweighs uh, lead acid. However, uh, prices now are coming down in, in lithium batteries and some of the uh, guys with larger systems, 36 volt, 24 volt, uh, they actually are uh, like for like in cost. Money in lead acid batteries of usable power versus lithium, it's almost the same price. Mate, um, how far can you run a lithium battery down? You can empty a lithium battery down or discharge it down 100%. So, Steve, having that internal BMS is really important with an app on your phone because then you can monitor uh, the discharge of your battery or, or what percentage is it at. Because once it gets to a certain level, do they just drop out? Yes, lithium uh, maintains a high level of voltage uh, when it's discharging. So it provides the same level of voltage, which is good for your devices. Uh, Lead-acid batteries, they uh, decrease in voltage as they're discharging. So a lead-acid battery gets to about 50% empty, and the voltage is so low it can't run a trolling motor or a um, sounder or something and then um, cuts out. But lithium doesn't give you a lot of warning because it uh, it maintains the voltage and then all of a sudden cuts out. So having that BMS on your, like the app I've got on my phone, is I can monitor it. gives me alarms, it gives me everything so I know exactly where it's at and what's happening. And, of course, you know, you're mindful. Like when you're running your, your house battery to your start battery, and then, of course, you've got your parallel battery, which is going to, you know, increase uh, a better, I guess, uh, voltage if you do get stuck, that both batteries will combine to start your engine. Uh, but also it'll um, then trickle charge off your alternator from your engine. Is there a special unit you need to put onto your boat to, to get that all working? 
Yeah, look, uh, we recommend using a DC to DC charger uh, when you're charging from your uh, alternator or cranking battery to a house battery. Uh, that way um, you can take advantage of the fast charging of lithium. What a lot of people don't realise is a lead-acid battery has a maximum of about five amps uh, to charge. And uh, I think on your uh, Yamaha outboard motor, uh, Paul, I think your outboard produces 75 amps. So oh, wow. you're only really using five of those 75 amps when you've got a lead-acid battery. So when you start an outboard motor, you will uh, use about five amp hours. So what that means is when you're running a lead-acid cranking battery, uh, you have to drive for an hour before you replenish the battery for what you've used for starting. With lithium cranking batteries, you'll replenish that battery within about five minutes, I suppose, from uh, when you're starting it. So. Yeah. That's incredible. You're capturing all that power. Yeah. Oh, mate, yeah. Cer- a- certainly are. Hey, what about, well, does water ruin lithium batteries? Like, you know, is there, because they are a little, they, they're a different unit. They're a completely uh, sealed unit, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Our, our batteries are 100% waterproof. So basically you could drop them overboard. The battery management system, if it, if it sensed, uh, sensed water on both terminals, would uh, go into protect mode and just switch off. Pull the battery out, drive the terminals. It's good to go again. What um, what charges? Talking about charges, is there a special charger, or can you just use your normal twelve volt charger you got stuck in the garage at home that you've been running for the last you know ten years, <laughs> or do you need a, a special well, charger? On our batteries, you can pretty much use any uh, uh, battery charger. Uh, the lead acid battery chargers are designed to be slow charging, so they'll put in between five and seven amps an hour. Yeah. Uh, with a, with lithium battery chargers, you can get up to forty or fifty amps an hour. That's and you really take advantage of, of the fast charging. Yeah, that, I mean it makes sense, doesn't it? To, to... Oh, absolutely, mm. mate. When you when you are putting your batteries into your boat, does shock like you know bouncing around midship, stern, bow? I mean, what's the go there? Because a lot of people will put the battery to the front of their boat if they've just got a short lead going to their uh, you know electric engine. Is is that is there a, a special place that lithium should be at? Like, do they take a bit of a jolt on a boat? Because boats are not always smooth, you know? Well, because we manufacture ours in Australia, we build them for those conditions. So it really doesn't matter uh, whereabouts you lo- locate the battery. I think uh, when you're installing batteries on the boat, there's two things to remember. Uh, one, if you can reduce the length of cable from your battery to your appliance, you won't have as much voltage drop, which means you'll get more out of a battery. The second, I suppose, and probably one of the most important, is weight distribution. Um, some boats do want a little bit more weight at the front, but most boat, boats prefer a bit more weight at the back. But if you look at a 24-volt, 50-amp-hour uh, battery, it only weighs 10 kilos, so it's really not going to uh, unbalance your boat at all. So, mate, we're, we're looking at less weight. They're more efficient, can last you know, 10 times longer than your, your normal lead-acid batteries. I mean, all of that together... It makes an excellent choice for boaties. I mean, there's what sort of pricing are we looking at, mate? Because you know, even if you go for a really good deep cycle, uh, you know, twelve volt lead acid battery, you, you're paying upwards of three or four hundred bucks. So, where, where are we going with lithium in the same sort of category? Well, like you said, yeah, lead acid batteries between uh, uh, say a twelve volt one hundred amp hour battery can be anywhere between three hundred to six hundred dollars a battery. Yeah. Now, if you look at uh, two 12-volt batteries, lead-acid batteries to make 24-volt, you're looking at uh, six to $1,200. Uh, the equivalent in a 24-volt uh, is $1,200. So it's at the high, it's at the same price 
as the high-end uh, lead-acid battery. Wow, and but, they and they but, last they last a hell of a time, a, a lot longer. Oh, absolutely. A lot of our pro fishing guys, I mean, they don't have the space. Um, a lot of the new sounders and equipment now, people have multiple sounders on their boat. Uh, lead acid batteries just don't have enough power to run those devices. So uh, yeah, they're all they're all making the switch, mate. How do we go about um, you know hooking up? You got a lot of electronics, a lot of guys these these days do. You know, got big sounders, you know, sixteen inch you know, Garmin's or whatever it might be, uh, and then you, you know you've got lights, underwater lights, spotlights, running lights, nav lights. You've got you know you got everything running on this on this poor old battery. What size do you recommend to go into a, a standard boat, say a six or a seven meter boat? for your house battery what are we looking at in say amp average well look it's 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 really about uh, what devices you're running for, running on your boat and for how long you want to run them for so it's a, i mean people contact us <coughs> excuse me all the time and say steve i've got two um 16 inch garmin sounders i want to go away for two days and i don't want to charge them i fish for eight hours a day what do you recommend and we do a quick calculation on how much power the sounders uh, draw uh, the time in which they want to use them for and uh, advise them on the appropriate size. And that's a good thing too, because if you are venturing away and you've, you need that battery to, to work out and, and last for you, because your last thing you want to do is get out there and get stuck. If you do get stuck, mate, can you use those smaller 12-volt jump starter power banks, you know, the things that look like a phone charger to back you up? Can, can you kickstart one oh. of those onto the battery? Is that going to short circuit or anything i'm asking a very stupid question i'm sure but for me it's a question that that i'd like to know because if i'm out on the ocean and and next minute it's dropped out i'm thinking oh man i just you know i've been running everything and you know the fishing's red hot you haven't had your uh, your engine running sound has been pumping and you lose power for some reason can you use those little jump start kicks oh absolutely i mean we, we recommend people if they are worried about running out of power to, to just buy, a, you know, they're not very expensive, a couple no, hundred not. dollars. Yeah. We also we also advise people to set up alerts on the BMSs to let them know when the battery's getting low so it doesn't happen. Um, obviously monitor the battery use. Um, but, you know, lots of people, and you, you'd know this, Paul, from, from past days, would, would uh, put in two batteries uh, to always have that backup battery uh, in case of an emergency. Well, yeah. The reason is because lithium uh, batteries charge so quickly, they always stay pretty full from the alternator. Uh, where a lead acid battery during a day, you take more battery out, uh, more power out of it that you can put back in. That's why everyone has that backup battery. And a lot of guys still don't feel comfortable uh, not having a backup. <laughs> so the uh, lithium jumper pack is a great alternative. Can you run these in your car? You can, absolutely. I, I run them in my car. Uh, they're no different to uh, running them in an outdoor motor. They, they're a drop-in replacement. You just connect them up like you would any other battery. Size and weight reduction. Okay, so if you have a spot, and given that you're Aussie-made, uh, you're, you're based in southeast Queensland uh, on Tambourine Mountain, mate, can you, if someone sent you, a, a, uh, I guess, an, a, an area that they're looking at putting a, a battery in, can you make it to suit that particular area? Absolutely, we have a we have a few uh, standard sizes, of course, but we've actually made those standard sizes to fall in line with the standard sizes of the batteries out there. But we do custom make uh, batteries for electric golf carts, mowers, all sorts of things. So uh, anything's possible. We're a little bit restricted on the size of the lithium cell, but um, we we can make anything. And actually, now we're actually just about to start 
3D printing uh, carbon fibre cases uh, for some of the larger batteries. They're actually designed the size of two standard lead-acid batteries. Uh, so we'll be putting them into golf carts and people's boats where they normally had two batteries, all that sort of thing. Mate, is and that's it, a, it, Sorry, you go. Yeah, that, that's, we're the only ones we believe in the world that have got this size case. So, um, that's incredible. Stay tuned. Mate, yeah, right. And congratulations to you. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's incredible stuff what you do there. So I guess it, it boggles the mind because a general layman like myself, you don't really, you're sort of trying to work out. You've been brought up about one thing and then you're trying to digest what this new technology is about. I guess maybe it's not so new, uh, but it is, you know, new to us and a lot of anglers out there because a lot of people are still running uh, 12 op, but they are making the switch. Now, speaking of the switch, is it easy to make the switch to a marine like a lithium battery from your 12 volt battery? Do you need to have different wiring or can someone, Joe Blow, get out there and go, right, I'm going to rip that boat battery out and I'm going to put a green marine lithium battery in? Do, do they need any That's, special connectors? No, they're designed to drop in and replace um, uh, any lithium battery. It should be able to replace any uh, lead acid battery. The only thing we sort of advise people and uh, in the industry, even is just to have a look at their wiring because what we're actually finding is a lot of um, boats out there probably don't have ad- adequate wiring so it's a good opportunity at that point to sort of say well I'm going to change over to a lithium battery I'm going to have a look at my wiring and see if it, if it's up to, to standard um, and there's a really simple way uh, there's, there's plenty of things online you can google your voltage and amperage versus cable thickness um, one thing to, to, to I always sort of tell people, if you if you feel the wire when your device is running and it's very warm and hot, that means it's, it's probably under capacity. But, you know, a, a brand new boat with good wiring, there's nothing stopping you just dropping it in, taking the old one out, dropping the lithium in, and away you go. So to say they're, they're, they're safe on boats, okay, they're, uh, they are a little bit more expensive upfront costs, but over the years you're going to actually have more money in your pocket at the end of the day. Um, so therefore, upgrading your marine battery to a lithium battery is is worth it. Oh, absolutely. I, I think uh, someone said to me once that ten percent of people have got lithium batteries in their boat, but ninety percent of people want them, but it's been too expensive. <laughs> so we we tried to make them affordable, and um, you know, starting to work with people and understanding and this, uh, you know, power usage and all these sort of things. So, but, well, there's one thing that. Um, we find that people do have a little bit of uh, trouble adjusting to is the charging side of things. Now, traditionally, you'd put your lead-acid battery on for 18 hours, you keep an eye on it, you don't want to overcharge, it get too hot because that'll damage the battery and everything else. With lithium, you can put the uh, charger on and just walk away and forget about it. The battery will turn the charge charger off when it's full and because it's got a battery management system inside it, it's always using power. So when it's sitting in the shed or sitting in your boat, the BMS is checking all the cells, keeping an eye on temperature, making sure there's no surges of current or anything else. But that little computer does use a little bit of power. And uh, I think it's milliamps, but over 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it, it does add up. So, you know, people are still having difficulty uh, putting the battery on charge and leaving because they're worried about all sorts of things. But it's perfectly safe. Um, and if you don't, the only downside with the BMS, if it uses too much power and flattens the battery, it's very hard to get the BMS back up and running. So just put them on charge, forget about them, or charge them once a week, um, and everything will be work perfectly. 
Mate, how do they deal with, uh, you know, temperature, hot, cold? Well, surprisingly, they handle it better than lead-acid batteries. Uh, a lead-acid battery, I think the maximum operating temperature is about 32 degrees. Uh, it gets any hotter than that, it starts to overcharge and damage. A lithium's operating temperature is minus 10 degrees to plus 65. That's normal operating temperature. Right. Damp conditions, wet conditions, back of a boat, that doesn't matter. We've been through that because they are sealed. However, if you got a splash of water, uh, say it's an open tinny, uh, which, you know, it's what a lot of us start out in, is if it's an open tinny and you get water splashing on both terminals, will that shut it down because it's detecting it or it's got to be a, a bucket of water going over it? Or should you just keep it obviously in a case for protection? Look, um, I mean, covering the terminals is always a good idea, uh, just for the fact that you know, rods can hit both terminals and all sorts of things. Yep. However, what the BMS does, if, if, it, connect, if it senses a bad connection, um, like, Anderson plugs are a bit renowned for bad connections, but if it detects a bad connection, it'll just go into protect mode until it detects that connection is is good again. So it, uh, you know, it has to be a fairly substantial splash for the water to be connected to the positive terminal, or negative terminal. But what it would do is shut down the battery until that circuit was broken, you know, in the water, uh, and then it would turn back on again. Mate, all which is all. kind of. It's it, all in all. That's that's what you want, isn't it? So you can get it back together. And, you know, because if you did suffer a power loss, is that how you get around it? It's got to go through your BMS, of course, and you're going to get some sort of not- notification. But what do you do if you do suffer a power loss out on the ocean? Well, look, um, we every now and then we get some people to sort of say, "Oh, I've got no power. What's going on?" And the first thing I say to people is, "Have you got an Anderson plug? Because they're generally the things that cause <laughs> um, bad circuits." Now, I mean, Anderson plugs are convenient and great and wonderful, but uh, they're actually a temporary, they're designed to be a temporary connection. So inside the Anderson plug, there's two little lugs, and they have to connect nice and perfectly uh, to run. Now, in time, underneath those lugs, is a steel uh, spring that pushes the lugs together nice and tight. If that in time gets a bit slack, that connection starts to open and close and become a bit loose. One of the other things that people often do is when they put an Anderson plug on, they tape the two leads up nice and tight behind it. What that does is skews the two lugs inside sort of outwards, and then there's a bad connection. So if you lose power, the first thing you probably look at, and you've got an Anderson plug, give that a wiggle and a wiggle the leads, and if it comes back on, you know that's the problem. If the BMS shuts down, uh, you can get onto the app and see if it's shut down, charged, discharged, uh, or the balance is off, and you can turn it back on. Um, but if it senses there's a short in the circuit, it'll just go into protect mode. But what it's basically saying to you, though, is there's a bad connection somewhere. You probably need to find out what it is. Okay. Mate, uh, anyone wanting to get involved with you and obviously put a, uh, a green marine lithium battery into their boat or into their car or maybe even a motorbike, I guess, anything they want that's going to need power, mate, how do they get in contact with you? Uh, we uh, we obviously, we've got uh, the Green Marine Lithium website, which is www.greenmarinelithium.com. Uh, get on that site. Got all our contact details there. Uh, you know, give us a call, send us an email, whatever you want to do. We're happy to help. Even, you know, just questions, we don't mind. Mate, you're an absolute legend. I really appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, it, it hopefully we de- debunked a few of the uh, the people out there thinking, oh, no, I've got to stick with lead acid. Lead acid's going to take me all the way to the end. Well, reality is, yeah, Probably will, but it's going to cost you an arm and a leg more. Uh, but, mate, as we've worked out, they are safe, a lot better in uh, in size and also weight reduction. 
and of course, uh, mate, the benefits of them is a lot better in fuel economy uh, and, of course, storage. So you can have a little bit more room on your boat and, of course, you're not going to be uh, transom heavy. Mate, you're an absolute champion. Thank you. Not my pleasure. There you have it. What an absolute champion. All the W's.GreenMarineLithium.com. Put your questions into that website and, of course, Steve will give you the right answers if you're heading down to the track of putting some marine lithium batteries onto your boat or anything else that you need power for. Hey, that's it for today's Step Outside podcast. Of course, you can check out all the latest episodes of Step Outside with Paul Bird around this beautiful country of ours on 7Mate or jump onto the 7 Plus website and you can uh, download it and check it out wherever you are take it easy everyone we'll see you next time and of course as i love to say my your rod bend off and everyone see you soon ever since i was a young fella i've always loved the outdoors with that sense of adventure calling that adventure has become my life's passion that i love to share hey there i'm paul burt Come with me and let me share the experiences I've learned over the years along with some pretty cool tips and tricks as we step outside. Step outside.